I think I want to give you something that we haven't talked about, an asset that exists in your business right now that you're not currently leveraging. And I want to give you something that doesn't require you to employ any other people. And I want to give you something that's going to be insanely profitable. And I want to give you something that you can also give to people that are not qualified. So in your quest for growth and scale, as you grow, a big part of that is selecting the right people to partner or work with. And there's always going to be a lot of people as you begin to market and attract people that you can't sell to. They're just not your ideal customer. So what I want to give you is... Tim, I'm so excited that I got the opportunity to talk to my good friend, Ali Bilson, out in England. He's an English man from the England land. And it's fun because whenever I talk to him about scale, he's obviously scaled multi-seven-figure businesses. Every time anybody does that and doesn't fail out, or if they do fail, but he still has this business or it's still running after several years, you know that something they're doing something right. And it's probably because he's self-deprecating which we both love. Uh, I love his sense of humor, but I also love how direct he is and his systematic approach to scale and how he's done it over and over again in multiple businesses always uh, blows me away. I thought his, his his feedback was outstanding and I love the fact that he comes out of left field with a zinger and his facial expression doesn't even move. So, yeah, well, well, that zinger was about me and he's just like, oh yeah, that's really interesting. I disagree and here's why you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We don't have a lot of guests that that can tell me that, uh, even though I am wrong, they're just polite and don't tell me about it. But anyway, uh, really incredible episode. I hope you all enjoy it. Please enjoy Oliver Wilson. All right, everybody. First of all, Ali, how are you doing, buddy? Thank you so much for doing this. I'm fabulous. You look fabulous. Thank you. You don't look so bad yourself. I had an incredible intro to our session and I told everybody how great you are. So we're going to skip that part. But I will say that today we're talking about scale. I've been around you forever. You scaled multiple businesses over the years and every single agency looks to you when they want to try and grow. So you're, this is a very fitting time to have you on this, uh, this interview. I appreciate, appreciate you asking me to come on. I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about this. I want definitive practitioner implementable, actionable things that people can do? How do they know when they should scale their agency? I think, first of all, you need to be able to figure out the service delivery element of what you do before you can make some decisions on how quickly you can scale. Because the, the biggest challenge is that scale is often linked to a one-to-one relationship with human time, right? Mm. And the reason why I start with service delivery is because we want to try and productize, standardize, simplify our scope of service, our uh, services that we offer so that we can ideally create as much leverage with the team and the resources and the capacity that allow us then the opportunity to actually scale. So Mm. we have to figure that out first uh, before then in some way kind of reverse engineering how quickly we can actually, we can grow. Man. So question. So like growth is subjective, I feel like. 
because a lot of these different agencies might be really successful, but they've got two to four employees or they've got 50 employees or they've got 100 employees. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're scaling, right? Like people aren't a definitive way to say that our business is growing. It would be clients. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think that it's more about profit per client than anything else. And I think just to take a step back and to kind of just zoom out a second, like we often talk about scale. We're often talking about ourselves as agencies of like what we can do, what we could do to be able to, to be able to grow. Nobody's ever short of any of those ideas, but at the center of it all, the client experience and the client results have to be, have to be there. They have to be true that we can actually deliver great results in a, a certain way, in a standardized, productized way, if we can, um, to be able to get consistent, predictable results for our clients in order for us then to feel like the, the, step, the, the, the ship is like steadied. And we can then make the decision to be able to find more of those ideal clients. Um, so kind of linked to this is um, really looking at the client and looking at the client experience and the results rather than us first and putting them at the center of what we're trying to do. Wow. See, that's so interesting because that has not been talked about to this point. And many of the interviews that I've done with different agency owners um, or people like yourself who still has an agency connection because everybody hits you up and they want to know like, hey, how do I product? How do I productize? How do I how do I put these processes in my business? All those things. But rarely are we talking about a KPI of client growth and client return on investment. Yeah. And, and the reason why I start there is because growing an agency and growing an agency quickly from wherever you are listening to this right now um honestly actually isn't that hard uh when you know the right things to do in the right how way. dare you how dare you we can get to that. <laughs> agency growth really isn't that hard <laughs> yeah, so it's a complete contradiction to everything marcus is saying <laughs> no okay which is totally okay <laughs> Um, but I, I have this uh, like this analogy that an agency can grow inwards or it can grow outwards. And where you don't want to find yourself is in a place where you've worked damn hard to get your agency to a point, only to really realize that you have like a glorified job as the agency owner, or you're still very much working in the business. And you probably don't really have much of a saleable asset to realize after the fact. And that can be a very um, sobering place to be. Mm. Ask me how I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know what you've done wrong because your agency has grown year on year. You've got money in the bank. You've got this amazing team that you've been fostering and empowering and building. So what went wrong to find yourself in that situation? And it's because the business had grown inwardly. And, and my connection to that, if you want to bring some more context to it, is like a flywheel. You can have a flywheel business or an anti-flywheel. And the concept of a flywheel is talked about in lots of different, much bigger businesses like Amazon. And um, there's even books. Jim Collins has written a book yeah, about really. it. Mm -hmm. 
um, which is awesome. But really, a flywheel works where the client attraction, the client conversion, and the client delivery mechanism allows the experience for the client to get better the, the more that you actually grow. Whereas typically, the quicker you grow as a business, it actually gets worse. And so do the client results and they become happier. There's more churn. There's more attrition. We're constantly then focusing on adding more people coming through the front door because we're losing people out the back. I actually think that it's doubling down on the, the equity that you currently possess, which is the clients that you already have. And I just want to pause because that is not a popular thing to say out loud to most people who are thinking about scaling a business in general, is they think they need to throw more gasoline and more people on the top of it instead of expanding the people that already gave you money and love you to death. And most of the time, those people end up churning out because you're so focused on the top. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I believe that a business can grow and scale um, and actually just create great experiences for, for everybody, both internally and externally. Culture plays a massive part of, of, of this running through the whole business as well as you begin to grow and, and, and you're, you start to develop like departments and teams in your business. Um, and for me, I, I've seen kind of both sides to this. I've seen kind of the right way and I've seen the wrong way. Um, I've, I was lucky enough to grow our agency from zero to just under $400,000 a month uh, in less than 18 months. So it was a very quick, um, it was a very quick process to kind of get there, um, to get that level of recurring revenue. Um, but that kind of leads me also to just say that a lot of the time we get kind of like, uh, caught up in this kind of MRR um, game, right, of, of what's our recurring revenue. But really, retainers are not really recurring revenue. You know, I think that's a distinction that's important to make. So on the retainer side, because we have to get into this because I've heard it both ways, people are telling me that, you know, if you're going to set up a business and you're going to be an agency, retainers are how you build predictable like forecasting, revenue forecasting. And then I also have people like Clota Higgins and others who have been like, throw your retainers out the door and build that, earn that retainer every month with your client and grow and grow and grow. But that takes effort. And that is not necessarily the kind of business model that most people are sold on moving from corporate to agency. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of different people that have different viewpoints on this. Um, my viewpoint is that time uh, is a very, very poor unit to be able to bill on because really you want to bill on units of effort rather than time because there's somebody in your business today who's probably a specialist and amazing at what they do and it takes them half the time as like a mediocre hand rather than a head yep. so in every agency there's heads and there's hands and you don't really want to be billing on the head you want to be billing on the hand right because uh that's how you're able to actually scale teams and bill effectively and not use time as a good barometer for how you make money yeah literally ali is talking to agency owners all over the world all the time they're in his masterminds ali's a sought after speaker like i said in his introduction all over the world and so you have a pulse on everything that's happening right now. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is this kind of like pivot to virtual 
And I'm not just talking about like what we're doing. I'm talking about virtual teams uh, decentralized across multiple places. Now you can get all the talent in the world. So let's talk about, you said internal anyway, because growing internal, I, I get it. I totally get that. But tell me more about the structure of scale. Tell me what, what it looks like when you scaled your agencies in terms of people. Because I, I could tell you that a lot of people are probably sitting there going, well, well, man, if I have to scale, that means I have to get more people. That means I have to have a different infrastructure. That means that I don't even know. We just pivoted to on, online and like we're not even going into an office anymore. So tell us a little bit about what it would look like to scale the business in terms of the people. Let's talk a little bit more about that. So I just mentioned about time being a bad unit to build upon. Yep. One of the things that a very quick exercise that I used to do with every new client that was coming through the door, we actually used to do proper strategic planning. So we would kind of define what success looked like in 12 months from now. So we'd already kind of future pace the relationship. And um, we got very clear on what the priorities were. We broke the priorities down into quarterly rocks, rocks into projects, projects into fortnightly sprints. And what that meant was we were kind of left to our own devices to really just focus on the result. So again, this really comes back to what we started with, which was putting the client's results at the front of everything. Yep. And that's how we did it. That meant that we were left alone. Client communication was not a problem. Client service wasn't really much of a problem. And account management wasn't really much of a problem because we were holding ourselves accountable to the results versus just trying to be holding ourselves accountable to communication, which adds layers of complexity, adds requirement for more people, more account managers. And so we had a very much more of a flat organizational structure in terms of people to come back to your point, where we didn't need to bring in uh, one account manager for every three clients and there being some sort of ratio that we magically worked out there. Um, We kept things very streamlined because we were able to set our structure up to deliver the result that we'd we'd agreed on. See, that's why we have to talk about this because I feel like the traditional model has always been I need more clients, I need more people to support the clients and the instead of like the growth mentality which says I need to have people that are capable of growing and scaling internally with my clients. And I think that's like the total misnomer. It's like, how do you how do you get your people who have traditionally been fulfillment to start seeing themselves as cultivators of your clients? Coming from somebody that's made virtually every hiring mistake. Not you. No going. way. No way. Don't lie to these people. You know, you're perfect. He's perfect. Look at his hair, everybody. There's no way that he's made any mistakes in his business. Yeah, I, I mean, I really have. Um, I've right, talked to us about some of those. Tell, yeah, tell, I mean, I mean, I've had two people that have lasted. One person lasted 45 minutes. Uh, one person lasted literally an hour because they didn't do the pre-training before their first day. Um, I mean, I, there's countless things, uh, and. I would say that um, from that experience, the hiring process and the onboarding process for your team is super important. And it's all the foundation is led by the values. And um, I think that for me, I was always very much always uh, we in our agency, we were hiring hands. We weren't hiring heads. Mm. So that's even more important to get that bit right, because you're really banking on somebody being prepared to do the work to get good and to have those values shine through that ultimately would create a good client experience as well. 
um, as whilst they're also just like learning what they're doing mm. um, and being dedicated to continuous never-ending development in the business itself. Yeah. yeah. You seem like a really um, mean person, you know, 45 minutes, an hour, um, you know, when you can fire somebody like that and be a monster like you are. I Who think... said I fired them? I think they walked out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. All that aside, let's just say that you're a total monster and you can get rid of people. How, how does this because it is interesting because a lot of people hold on to employees as if they think they're going to be lifers, you know? And so how do you actually navigate or how did you create a place where it's okay that these people get off the boat and the right people get on? And how do you deal with being okay with that? Because that, that takes an emotional toll on a founder of an agency. And I think that you've obviously, you know, been able to navigate that. How did you do that? Well, I sort of recognize that everybody's kind of got their unique abilities and, uh, some people are aware of exactly what they are and some people aren't. So the first place to start is figure out what you're good at and try and continue to make that better. Um, and also think about the weaknesses and think about those things that you actually do need to improve on and you need to adapt and modify and iterate and improve but also at the end of the day, maybe there is somebody else that can really be able to help you massively in a lot of these areas, which quite frankly, rub against other skill sets that you have uh, that would either pull you away, take energy away from you or just not in your zone of genius or whatever somebody wants to call that. <laughs> um, but for me, my turning point in that was initially hiring and and you know there's probably people with lots of different levels stages of growth in their agency here but hiring an executive assistant for me was a really really brilliant thing to do um and for me it was important that they were physical they weren't virtual so um that then led that person to be promoted into an operations person and they were like gino wickman would call it like mm -hmm. the integrator right and I remember reading Rocket Fuel, which is a great yeah. book, by the way, if you haven't read it as an agency, just to find your integrator, to find the person that you can you can you can focus on the visionary stuff and um, you can be creative and do these kind of projects that 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 nobody really realizes that you do or where you put your time. And yeah. you can then allow somebody to take up the slack on the business side of the business, because that has to be there. Um, because it, you know, ultimately the business is a container for the people and yeah. the people make the business. We could like end it right there. I'm not going to, but we could, we could just be like, and that's Oliver Bilson, everybody. And everybody'd be like, oh my gosh, that was so good. Um, I want to say like, let's get the final thought out there because one thing I like about you is that you're an action taker. And so you've been saying a lot of words during this time. All right. You've been saying a lot of things and it's been great and I could go back and watch it. But let's take a big nugget. Like if somebody had to leave right this second and be like, you know what, I'm going to implement this one thing that Ollie said for me to do. What's the one thing? And it could be obviously something you said before, but what's like the one first step somebody should be taking right now? I think I want to give you something that we haven't talked about. And I want to give you something that is an asset that exists in your business right now that you're not currently leveraging. And I want to give you something that doesn't require you to employ any other people. And 
I want to give you something that's going to be insanely profitable. And I want to give you something that you can also give to people that are not qualified. So in your quest for growth and scale, as you grow, a big part of that is selecting the right people to partner or work with. And there's always going to be a lot of people as you begin to market and attract people that you can't sell to. They're just not your ideal customer. So what I want to give you is, and give you permission, actually, it's not just giving you this idea, it's giving you permission that I believe in every agency, there is unique know-how, knowledge, experience, intellectual property that exists that could be monetized as a income stream inside of your business that you don't really know is there. Um, whether that is selling a coaching program, a mastermind group, a information product, a digital product, an online course, whatever it is, find a way to be able to take what you've been packaging up anyway for your team even, right, to help them um, with their day-to-day. Figure out a problem that you solve with the information and help people be able to build that capability that you provide to other people into their business so they can do it themselves. No, the curveball here is, is that everything right now that's super valuable is probably in their heads. It's probably in their processes, especially if they have a successful agency, right? And a lot of that is interesting because when you start to educate people, they come flocking and it's a new way to start looking at potential business um, and revenue streams. And I've seen you do it just for years and years and years. So that is crazy. Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Agency Talk. To join the conversation, to follow along and subscribe to the podcast, go to agency-talk.com. Again, that's agency-talk.com.